Adam Describing Eve from Paradise Lost, Book Eight, by John Milton, from the World's Best Poetry, Volume Two, Love, Part Two, read for LibriVox.org by Thomas Peter. Adam Describing Eve, from Paradise Lost, Book Eight. Mine eyes he closed, but open left the cell of fancy, my internal sight, by which abstract as in a trance, methought I saw, though sleeping, where I lay, and saw the shape still glorious before whom awake I stood, who, stooping, opened my left side, and took from thence a rib, with cordial spirits warm, and life-blood streaming fresh. Wide was the wound, but suddenly with flesh filled up and healed, the rib he formed and fashioned with his hands. Under his forming hands a creature grew, Manlike, but different sex, So lovely fair, That what seemed fair in all the world Seemed now mean, Or in her summed up, In her contained, And in her looks, Which from that time infused Sweetness into my heart, Unfelt before, And into all things from her air Inspired the spirit of love And amorous delight. She disappeared, And left me dark, I wake to find her, or forever to deplore her loss, and other pleasures all abjure. When out of hope, behold her, not far off, such as I saw her in my dream, adorned with what all earth or heaven could bestow to make her amiable. On she came, led by her heavenly maker, though unseen, and guided by his voice, nor uninformed of nuptial sanctity and marriage rites. Grace was in all her steps, heaven in her eye, in every gesture dignity and love. I, overjoyed, could not forbear aloud. This turn hath made amends. Thou hast fulfilled thy words, creator, bounteous and benign, giver of all things fair, but fairest this of all thy gifts, nor envious. I now see bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, myself before me. Woman is her name, of man extracted. For this cause he shall forgo father and mother, and to his wife adhere. And they shall be one flesh, one heart, one soul. She heard me thus, and though divinely brought, yet innocence and virgin modesty, her virtue and the conscience of her worth, that would be wooed, and not unsought be won, not obvious, not obtrusive, but retired, the more desirable. Or, to say all, nature herself, though pure of sinful thought, wrought in her so, that, seeing me, she turned. I followed her. She what was honour knew, and with obsequious majesty approved my pleaded reason. To the nuptial bower I led her blushing like the morn. All heaven, and happy constellations on that hour, shed their selectest influence. The earth gave sign of gratulation, and each hill, joyous the birds, fresh gales and gentle airs whispered it to the woods, and from their wings flung rose, flung odors from the spicy shrub, disporting, to the amorous bird of night sung spousal, and bid haste the evening star on his hilltop to light the bridal lamp. When I approach her loveliness, so absolute she seems, 
and in herself complete, so well to know her own, that what she wills to do or say seems wisest, virtuousest, discreetest, best. All higher knowledge in her presence falls, degraded. Wisdom in discourse with her loses discountenanced, and like folly shows. Authority and reason on her weight, as one intended first, not after made occasionally, and, to consummate all, greatness of mind and nobleness their seat, build in her loveliest, and create an awe about her, as a guard angelic placed. Neither her outside form so fair, nor aught so much delights me, as those graceful acts, those thousand decencies that daily flow from all her words and actions, mixed with love and sweet compliance, which declare unfeigned union of mind, or in us both one soul. Harmony to behold in wedded pair, more grateful than harmonious sound to the ear. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.